0: Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders, with your hosts, Mark Gainey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode.
1: Welcome to episode number fifty-eight of the Church Leadership Podcast. This episode is airing in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. And look, you've got extra time. Why not use that time productively? And I, you know, we'll encourage you, go back and listen to any episodes that you have missed. This is episode number 58. You've got fifty-seven more to listen to. And if you've listened to all of them, maybe go back and re-listen to some of your favorites, but our mission on this podcast is to encourage and equip local church leaders to better lead in their context. So we're glad you have joined us for this episode, Uh, and we're we're excited because we've got an exciting conversation uh, with a new friend of mine, and uh, Andy's going to introduce him in a minute, but before we get to that interview, I want to remind you to, to go and subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to. Uh, podcasts on. Subscribe there so you don't miss an episode. Review. You can certainly share it as well.
0: Uh, let other people know about it. So we are glad you are here today. Thank you so much for joining us this week. This week we have uh, our friend, my friend. I, if he would return the favor and call me his friend, I don't know, but I would consider Seth my friend. Probably not. So, but. Uh, uh, and uh, it is, it's It's. a fantastic opportunity we get to sit down and talk with Seth. We're actually... Uh, at a state evangelism conference, we commandeered a room, a back room in the church, and we're getting to have a great conversation with Seth Sandlin today. Seth, we're so glad you could join us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah.
1: Well, man, I wanna I wanna ask you a few questions. We we got lots of questions for you, actually, Seth, but okay. we're gonna try to limit those uh, to a short interview. But I'm enjoying getting to know you, and so we spent some time before the podcast. We're actually I don't know if I can say this, but um, we're actually not in the session that's going on right now. We're kind of playing hooky because this is more important to what us. What he's
0: saying is we're not listening to someone preach a sermon we probably heard before. Yeah, probably. No offense probably have heard the person preaching or those listening. I probably need to hear it again, but <laughs> yeah. we
1: probably heard it. But anyway, we're glad to be hanging out with you, Seth. And so you you are a unique um, person in ministry for lots of reasons. One, you are a youth pastor. That's not necessarily unique, but you're a bivocational youth pastor. And you also are involved in some pretty cool stuff that I have just gotten involved in. So (laughs) I want you to tell folks listening kind of who you are, what you do, and and what God has used you to do in ministry. Absolutely. Um, Well, uh, as you said, my
2: name is Seth Sandlin. I'm the student pastor at Riverside Baptist Church in uh, Helena, Alabama. Uh, Shout out to Chris Wilson. Chris Wilson. (laughs) It's not Helena. It's Helena. Helena. That's right. Um it's a, like a one stretch of highway in Alabama that if you blink, you'll miss it. Uh, but it's also a lot going on there. Um, you know, an interesting statistic about Helena is uh, the Alabama uh, Baptist Association came out a couple years ago and said that 68% of Helena is not just unchurched, but unreached entirely. So wow. uh, 68% wow. of the population isn't being engaged with the gospel at all right now, so... Um, a lot of the work that I do um, there is, is, is in, in equipping our people and engaging uh, the community with the gospel. So um, you can pray for that. Absolutely. Um, so so I'm, I'm a student pastor there, and um, I, I'm a student at Midwestern uh, Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City. That's a mouthful MBTS for short. There you go. Um, and I, I work as a uh, service advisor at Hoover Toyota. And you mentioned some cool stuff that I'm involved in. Uh, I also uh, founded and helped
0: run uh, the Baptist Review Facebook page on Facebook, or Facebook group. Yeah, just a couple of people are involved in the Baptist Review, and we'll talk about that in a little while. If you're not familiar with that, Seth is going to fill us in on what that means. right. So it's a really, really neat thing. So, Seth, you and I have known each other for a while now, I guess back when uh, you were part of a church plant and— so you were probably helping lead worship then. So Are you talking about an
2: uh, ardent or a yes, yes, Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that has been a that while. Worship there for a little while.
0: So uh, multi-talented? Yeah, yeah, he is. He really is and he he his style game is on point also. Yeah. No so, doubt. Yeah. So he's rocking the socks, yeah. man. Yeah. So, my wife picks out my clothes for me. Well, there she you. does a fantastic <laughs> job. Uh, mine doesn't pick mine out, she just approves before I leave the house. Yeah. So or makes fun of you as you do. Or makes fun of <laughs> yes. <laughs> So we're thankful for you to be able to come on the podcast and share with us. And one of the things I wanted to talk with you about, Seth, is about the 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 effort it takes and the intentionality it takes in being bi vocational in ministry. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know anything about that, so I wanted to hear from you a little <laughs> bit about that. I was just about to say yeah. you're interviewing yeah. me about yeah. bi vocational ministry. You know, it's interesting <laughs> I, you
2: know, I think about guys like you or Bo Brown or somebody like that. Uh, guys that I've looked up to as I'm as I'm doing bivocational vocational ministry. You know the interesting thing about me being in bivocational vocational ministry is it wasn't my plan at all. I didn't intentionally go into bivocational vocational ministry. As a matter of fact, we were just talking on the way here, me and my wife, that um, I always thought when I was in Bible college and getting ready to go to seminary that I was going to graduate and I was going to uh, pastor a, an established, thriving church. You know, you have all these um, all these dreams and aspirations that you think that the Lord definitely. Uh, sometimes doesn't take you down the path that you thought you are going to go on. So I kind of just fell into Bible vocational ministry. And for a long time, I I struggled enjoying it (laughs) and and liking it. You know, Mm. Lord, why do you have me here right now? Um, But, you know, over the years, I've learned a a lot about, um, for one, the trajectory that the church is going in, Uh, you know, my my dream and aspiration of uh, being a full-time established church pastor may not ever happen and that's okay but what I've I've learned going through this is you know the trajectory of the church is bivocational ministry you know we we, we're seeing that more and more Um, and you know bivocational pastors kind of like the unsung heroes of the church Um, and so when I came to Riverside um, one thing I didn't also didn't realize is it was a revitalization so I knew I was going to be a bivocational student pastor. I, I you know, uh, we we knew that was the, the Lord's will for our life and the direction He was taking us. But I didn't know quite um, the the um, the context that I would be serving in. They didn't share that in the interview. No, process. they did. They did. They did. No, they did. Um, but I I was unfamiliar with what revitalization was. Right. I was involved with church planting before with Stephen um, uh, Castello. You uh, you're familiar with Stephen? And so I was involved with church planning before. So I was used to seeing the the nothing become something. Uh, it was uh, different for me to come into a context where there was something, but it wasn't really doing anything, and to get it moving. Right. Uh, you know, I started with about 40 students. And uh, 40 students as a bivocational pastor was a lot. That's, That's a, a lot. whole lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, yeah. So, you know, keeping up with, with 40 kids required me to come in and build a volunteer team. And so we did that. And then we started um, just preaching through through books of the Bible, just um, expositionally laying it out for them in a context that they could understand. Um, being intentional about their gospel fluency, right? And um, I remember a, a parent came up to me and she said, "I get what you're doing, but I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> and, uh, Bible never works." Yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> "Not enough entertainment." Well, yeah, you know, we we yeah. pulled away all the gimmicks. Um, you know, I'm I'm not creative at all. You know, I'm probably the worst student pastor ever. Because I, I I'm I, I don't come up with games really easily. I'm not uh, terribly funny. At least they don't get my jokes. But I was um, passionate about students understanding the word. You know, when I was a student, um, you know, I, I lacked the depth of understanding of the word to carry me on into adulthood and discipleship. So you know, when the the Lord brought this opportunity to me, uh, part of one of my first decisions was, is, hey, we're gonna we're going to commit to these students understanding and knowing the word and being fluent in the gospel. And again, if you ask any of my students what's God's will for your life, I've got them indoctrinated. They'll say to be satisfied in him. So we kind of shortened that. it down to a, a sentence. Our motto as a, as a student ministry is every student hearing the gospel from a friend. We kind of ripped that out from a, the word of life ministries if you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so we, we committed ourselves to discipleship meeting in small groups and uh, preaching the word and um, the, the parent came to me and said you know this is going to work she meant uh, numerically you're going to lose students and she was right we did so we went from 40 students my first year to three years now we have probably 10. So we lost a great deal some of that was to uh, to them graduating right uh, but a lot of it was uh, separating the wheat from the chaff I guess you could say yeah. and um, but we have a, a great group of core students who are excited about the gospel we're going through evangelism right now and uh, teaching them how to share their faith, and so we're excited to see what comes from
1: that. That That's so encouraging to hear. Um, and, you know, our church, for example, we have a bivocational, co-vocational student pastor, and uh, so I, I, a lot of what you're saying is paralleled in our context right now, yeah. uh, experiencing the same thing. And uh, But I think it's encouraging for, for you to share that part of the story, because um, you know, we could bring somebody on here who says, Yeah, I started with, you know, ten and now I have thirty thirty or, you know, three hundred or whatever. That's great, okay. And and that if, if people are coming to Christ and being discipled, that's fantastic. But I think there's value in you being excited and encouraged by something other than numeric yeah. growth. You're seeing spiritual growth and people who are getting it, man. That is powerful. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, well, talk to us a little bit about maybe the challenges or the advantage even of you serving co-vocationally. What, what does that look like for you and, and what value is, is in there yeah. in, in serving that way for you? So I think one of the main
2: challenge is, uh, challenges is that um, it's easy to want to compare yourself to other student ministries or other mm-hmm. churches. Um, several of my friends are full-time student pastors and well-established churches with youth groups of 100 kids. I remember the the first uh, one of the first major youth trips we went on, we tagged along with a friend of mine and his youth group, and they have maybe 100 and something kids in their group, and I'm bringing 15 along. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, hey, man, can we, can we bum a ride on your bus? Because we don't have a bus, we don't have a yeah. van, we don't have anything. And uh, he was gracious enough to let us do that. Um, but it, the real struggle for me was accepting the fact that um, that I'm not going to have a ministry like that, maybe ever going to have a ministry like that. You know, uh, Chris, my pastor, one thing that he intentionally um, leads us as a staff into is, you know, you, you have to pastor the, the flock that God's given you. You got to shepherd the flock that God's given you. Um, and so uh, me wrapping my head around that uh, for a long time was a struggle because I felt like I was unsuccessful in what I was doing because uh, from, from the world's, perspective i was losing i wasn't gaining and i'm still not gaining um so to to understand that you know we the the economy of the church is much different than the economy of the world and so we don't look at things primarily as numerical but i look at things as i have a student coming to me on a wednesday and say hey i had an opportunity to share the gospel with a friend and that's a huge win for me you know whether there's three people in the room and there's 10 people in the room somebody through that ministry was able to hear the gospel uh, and that's, you know, that's the metric that I'm gauging success in discipleship now. Um, so I think that was a struggle. You know, a, a, another struggle is just understanding your time. You know, um, when I took this position, somebody told me, Seth, this is going to be really hard. And I was like, whatever, it's not going to be hard. I'm going to show up, I'm going <laughs> to teach on Wednesdays, I'm gonna, you know, um, and, then, and then I'm going to go home. But, I, you know, when I took this position, I, uh, I was a new student. So I just started at Spurgeon College. Uh, my daughter was born six months prior Or a year prior, something like that. Um, And so, point of matter is, we had a newborn, and um, I worked 50, 55 hours a week at my job. And so, just to add something else to the the plate, was like, oh my goodness, what are you doing, God? And we sat up many nights thinking, you know, is this really where you're wanting us to go? And, you know, he confirmed that it was. So, what what do you do in your spare time? (laughs) Sleep. (laughs) Um, You know, I've, been, I've, I've learned how to, to, to balance the time well. Uh, it took many years to do that, though, but I, th- I feel like I have more time now than I've ever had uh, doing the same thing that I've always been doing. Um, but that was a struggle. So, you know, if there's somebody listening that, that is in the same position, you're going to have to learn how to balance your time. And if you're a student, one thing that I've kind of preached to myself is. If I have to take a subpar grade in order to not be a subpar father and husband, I'm going to take the subpar grade so I can be an excellent father and husband. That's Amen. a great word. So, um, so yeah. you know, C's get
0: degrees. and uh, That's right. You know, follow that. That's what That's they right. told me, man. That's right. That's right. Um, but, yeah. Well, it, along with those challenges, there's so many benefits, too, like you're talking Absolutely. about. I mean, I, I think the level of uh, relationships you have – 10 versus 40, I mean, first off, it's scary. We're going to be responsible and stand before the Lord one day as shepherds of the flock. And whether it's 10 or 1,010, we're going to be responsible for those people. So it's intimidating and scary no matter how many people God has put under your care. But at the same time, there is such a blessing. You can see almost the immediate fruit in someone's life because you're in closer proximity to them than you would be a little... A little further removed, having more people on your responsibilities. So that's that's a great great thing that you mentioned. Uh, dealing with your time is very key, very important. A lot of people in today's culture fail miserably at that. So yeah. to to be intentional and to be disciplined is very very important. Yeah. Along with what you're mentioning about your vocational ministry, your work, your family, you actually have another endeavor yeah. that we wanted to talk about, sure. and it's very interesting because <laughs> that's a good uh, word for it. <laughs> We live in a tech-savvy world, and people are more heavily invested oftentimes in a digital world than they are in the physical world, and you're, you've got a foot in that world in one way. Uh, God, burden your heart to do something, and uh, I'll just let you share and tell us what that is and, and what, what's going on with that, and then we, we've got a couple of things we want to ask you about it. So. Yeah. So uh,
2: a few years ago, three years ago almost to be exact, um, me and a friend of mine, his name is Will Standridge, um, got together and wanted to create a space uh, where uh, young Southern Baptists can get together and have discussion. And it, and it wasn't limited to young Southern Baptists, I want to clarify there, because we got some older saints in there that, that have been very beneficial to the, to the health of the group. But um, we, we wanted a place where Southern Baptists can get together and, and, and talk and connect. Um, so we, we call that the fellowship hall at my church. This, this, so, this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this yeah. is the fellowship hall. This is, this is a potluck. Okay. Uh, fellowship you know.
0: hall of social media. Yeah. yeah. The only thing missing in the digital world is you don't have fried chicken. Is Right. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so or
2: we, s- so we started a group. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you either love them or hate them. Yeah. I hate them. Um, so we started a group called the Babs Review. Um, it was kind of brought about out of a blog that doesn't exist anymore. Um, but the group runs about 4,400 Southern Bapt primarily, exclusively Southern Baptists. I would say the the age demographic is uh, mostly below 40, uh, but we have, um, of course, um, older individuals. That like Mark group. and me, is that what you're saying? Mark yeah. and I are in that o- older old dudes, group. like okay. us. Yeah, okay. yeah, we're above. Well, you're not 40. graying, at yeah. least. Andy. So. Well, we don't uh, know. Yeah, I am. <laughs> we're not sure. <laughs> so, <there> it is. <laughs> Um, so anyway, so we, we started that group about three years ago, and the Lord has done a lot of good stuff out of there. You know, i have seen um, churches who need personnel post on there and and find uh, and somebody apply from the group. Um, people have met spouses on the group, which is really? cool. wow. We're not like eHarmony or anything, but that. that's cool. Baptist uh, eHarmony. Wow, yeah, wow, matchmaker. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> what what a what a better place to do it. Yeah. That? That's right. Hey. Yeah. Uh, me and my wife met on Facebook, so I just want to clarify that right now. Wow. So that's a, wow. that has a special place in my heart anyway. Uh, we can
1: connect somebody. Wow, along. okay, there's a lot of other questions I'm going to ask <laughs> after the, Oh, <laughs> I'm curious. So hey. yeah. But anyway,
2: so, you know, we, we've seen a lot of great things come from the group, specifically right now in the health of the Southern Baptist Convention. It's a, it's a mess, you know, just to be quite honest. Um, and so um, we're intentional about uh, creating a safe place for those frustrations to be talked about. Um, and to be worked through. So we've seen you know, um, people from all theological spectrums come sure. together and be able to have fun and talk. And it is
0: a great source of entertainment if you have a few extra minutes. Yeah, yeah I'll be honest
1: so. with you. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose some sleep tonight as I scroll <laughs> yeah, through right, this uh, because I'm dying at some of these.
0: Resp- these uh, there pers- are some common threads in this Facebook group. Yeah. There are some common names that come yeah. up over and again, some to be made fun of, yeah. some who are in the conversation and they're actually the ones being made fun of but they're laughing along with everybody right. <laughs> there are some uncomfortable things I've seen on there yeah. um, but it's a really neat place it like is. you said it's yeah. a it's a wonderful way to pe- for people to interact yeah. with each other in a digital world and it gives people all across the SBC an opportunity to connect with yeah. people they don't even know uh, just in my short time there I've seen people who seem like they've become friends just because yeah. of that platform that you've mm-hmm. given them so thank you for that are there any interesting things that come to your mind from the, the, the Baptist Review? Um, well, we have uh,
2: Matt Hensley as a uh, admin in the Baptist Review, so wherever he is present, there's always something interesting. Um, uh, you know, pr- primarily, I mean, what's interesting mostly about the group is just the unity, but, you know, we use insane amounts of gifts. Yes. So if you can communicate That's in gifts G-I-F, and G I F not G I F T. Yes. So yeah. Not gifts like yeah. what some Could of them know are how gifts? Pronounce it, G-if well, for gifts. If but,
0: somebody had a spiritual gift of gifts, yeah. there's probably some guys on there who have that. Yeah. So. You're, you're talking yeah. about you're
2: talking yeah. about funny stories so and gifts at the same time. We challenged uh, one of our admins one time to um, tell the whole story of the Bible and nothing but gifts. (laughs) Oh, yes. Uh, And so he he did that, uh, and it was very interesting. Uh We did GIF Uno one time where you have to... Somebody posts a gift, you have to post a gift that's related to that gift, and it went for like one million comments. I think it's the <laughs> longest comment thread on Facebook that's ever. That's not I'm a surprise. Really? I, I really? think it was an insane oh amount of numbers. Wow. is a few that's years cr- ago.
0: Crazy. Um, yeah, yeah so. that's awesome.
2: <laughs> and and Wiley Drake makes it into every poll.
0: Yeah, there is there is a name that that's the name. Yeah. It's not the name that's not mentioned, like in Harry Potter, but it's the name that's always no, mentioned. He is
2: he is always there. Yeah. Wiley, so, if you're listening,
1: we love you. <laughs>
0: yeah. You are the, the source of a lot of smiles, Wiley yeah. Drake, so we love so, you.
1: Have you ever had to remove somebody from the group? Ooh. Every day. Ooh. Every day? <laughs> Every day. It gets Every a little day. spicy at times. Yeah, so. I imagine it, it
2: probably yeah, it does. does. You know, we, uh, we have rules that you have to follow if you're in there. Um,
0: and no one talks you, about Fight Club. Is yeah, that, that <laughs> that, that's the number, number one rule. One. Yeah.
2: yeah, so I mean, if you can't, if you can't, if you can't, I mean, they're easy rules to follow. Too. Oh, they are. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah. so you, 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 painted things with a broad brush when yeah. when you guys had those uh, rules and standards. So, which they're great, and it's, it's like ba- the two thousand. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just obvi- obviously it's not just doctrinally and theologically, but it's like respectful. Just yeah. be, respectful. be respectful. So, and most of the time, that's the 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 out of bounds things. It's not necessarily people are just being. Completely, awfully, out in left field, heretical yeah. about things. Yeah. Yes, people are just disrespectful and rude. yeah. And
2: don't so. use the word heretic unless you can like defend or, or it. or unless you're
0: talking to Matt Hensley. Apparently. Or Matt Hensley yeah. is the only heretic yeah. in, the, yeah. in the whole so, entire group. That's correct. <laughs> well, it's it's a lot of fun, man. It, it is, and you learn a lot too. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who ask questions who genuinely want to know. Uh, practical ministry things, mm-hmm. or doctrine or theological matters, yeah. uh, questions get answered. So
2: we've tried a lot of cool stuff. Like uh, we had a classifieds group one time where uh, churches could post when they were looking for um, uh, uh, somebody staff staff's mm-hmm. position to work at. You know that kind of I think didn't go anywhere. We have a TBR ladies group where you know the, the women of the group can leave the madness. And, wow, uh, and okay. get involved. there. That's a great idea. I guess our um, wives
0: need to maybe hook into that. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. Okay. And we
2: also have a media network where several podcasts and media outlets that uh, partner with us.
0: Um, that um, well, that's that funny we, you that mentioned that. We promote. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, yeah, hmm. but I would love for you to to share not just this podcast but our podcast with, yeah, absolutely. with, the, with the Baptist Review and. I, I'm not one to try and self-promote or anything like that, so I haven't. I've been on the review for, for a while, and I haven't tried to. There are, are rules about that, and I don't want to yeah. break those rules. And no, feel weird about that. But if you wanted, <laughs> if you wanted to promote it, hey, I'm not going to stop you. You know, nobody's so, going to tell me I can't. Yeah, <laughs> but we're we're so thankful for how God is using you. I, I know I've kind of watched you from a distance for a while, and yeah. and and seen how God's using you, and I'm thankful for the Lord allowing you to serve there mm-hmm. in your context and doing what you're doing and for you to embrace that and not to push back against that. Because like you said, bivocational and co-vocational ministry are not things that are uh, in the past of a way people had to do things, but it's more of a thing of the present and the that's future right. where people are choosing to yeah. do that because uh, it's, it's more reasonable. There's more leverage there. There's a lot of opportunity there that's not in full-time ministry. So, so thank you for embracing that. But also, you know, something that you probably had no clue would blow up and be as big as it has been, the Baptist review, how God, yeah. you know, was instrumental in using you to do that. A lot of guys have been encouraged. A lot of guys have been called names. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people have learned things. So yeah, so we're thankful for that. Absolutely,
1: And we're thankful that you took some time out seriously to hang out with us. And, yeah. um, and I'm excited about what God is doing uh, not only in you, but through you, and uh, just your faithfulness to the call, and you know, not worrying about what the world says something should look like. Yeah. and uh, and I love the fact that you're you're you say you're not creative, but you are because because you created something that did not exist before you started the Baptist Review and God has used it. And you like his socks. And I like your socks. But exactly. but thank you for... My wife bought my socks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. But thank you for just hanging out with us. But yeah, I guess um, before we close, I want to ask you if, if maybe there's somebody, you know, I'm thinking about some of the people I know that, that are, uh, you know, working hours and hours, full-time job, and yet they're, they're co-vocational, bi-vocational pastors or student pastors or whatever. And maybe as they're listening to this podcast even... They're like, you know what? I can't, I can't even, I can't do this anymore. I, yeah. I'm, I'm done. What, what would you say to them to encourage them? God's not done with, with them yet. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the first thing that I would say is,
2: um, I, I would encourage them to, to have a network around them of people who they can uh, find encouragement from. Uh, Bible vocational ministry can be lonely, real lonely, because you spend half your time in the church, less than half your time in the church, and most of your time in in the secular world um for example in my work context you know um uh, i'm not i would say that i'm the only believer in the room but i'm definitely the only pastor in the room right uh so um there's a different dynamic there so you've got to have uh, a group of, of christians and maybe even preferably pastors that you're surrounding yourself with that can constantly be a source of encouragement to you uh one thing that's been the best thing for me is bring bring your bring your spouse along if you're married. Um, this this shouldn't be something that uh, that you're doing alone. This isn't your project. Uh, this is your ministry, and she's part of that ministry. Uh, your kids are part of that ministry. It's not a hobby, that's right. um, so it's not something you can just go out to the shed and do by yourself and tinker a little bit. Like this this is this is your life. So you know, in, include her, encourage her, share with her uh, about you know what you're struggling with and, and, and where you need prayer from uh, prayer for. Um, but ultimately, um, I would definitely encourage somebody that, you know, the Lord is what sustains you, not your ability to, um, not even your ability to time manage or anything like that. If you, if you're not, um, consistently in the word, consistently communicating with God in prayer, uh, then any amount of time management you can do still won't be enough. Um, so I would... Those few things would definitely, if you, if you can do those few things, that would be made, that would be huge. Well, sir, those, those are
0: big things. Uh, those are very, very helpful things. And and let me just say also, in addition to your ministry, God's called you to serve there in the local church and to uh, you know earn a living outside of that as well. God's used you to bridge a gap there and bring some people together yeah. in in the life of a whole, whole denomination. I mean, there's people theologically that are across the the spectrum on there. And there's people who have philosophy differences and all kinds of things. And I've seen some, some wonderful signs of hopeful and helpful things of unity in our convention and great promise of not just some, some, some younger guys like yourself, but even guys older than me who are in the mix there and how it's brought a lot of those guys together. So I see great promise in where God has our convention, despite some little hiccups, yeah. you know, along the way. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. So thank you so much for taking some time to Absolutely. be with us here on the podcast today. And we know through your story and through your faithfulness and through sharing here on the podcast that people have been better encouraged and equipped to lead in the local church. That's right. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you, Seth. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.